So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Yo, 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 what's up, my man? Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful that you are here today, and I'm really excited to jump into today's content. We're going to be talking about triggers and really how to um, how to handle triggers well. And I have a lot of thoughts on this. I'm going to do my best to cram a bunch of them into our content today. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, let me give you a little bit of context. We are doing a, a little bit of a series this week on some new resources available on my website. They are free resources, completely free of charge, my gift to you. And um, and I wanted to spend a little bit more time going through them today just to give you an idea of what these resources look like and if any of them in particular are useful for you, well, then you can go get your hands on them. Yesterday, we talked about the Bible and its link with recovery and I mentioned that I've released a reading plan that hopefully will will help you get a little bit more into the word if you're struggling to do that. What we're going to talk about today is triggers and temptations and specifically how to handle these things like a boss. Now, about, I don't know, four or five months ago, we had Dr. Trish Lee on the podcast and Dr. Trish Lee talked about the research she's been doing that is basically revealed when you are triggered, you have about three seconds to disable the trigger. Otherwise, you are at high risk for falling into kind of the the typical path of edging, increased edging, eventually leading to a relapse. Three seconds, very, very small window. Now, I heard that number and I was totally terrified if I'm being totally honest. Uh, I was not really expecting it to be that bad or that like um, stringent, I guess. And what she said is this this research has basically revealed how much every single guy basically on the planet with a functioning brain and working eyes needs a trigger plan, okay? And a trigger plan is basically a preset construct that says, when I feel tempted or triggered, I will do X, Y, Z. It's predetermined. So in the moment when you're tempted, there's no decision-making power required. There's no assessing of the situation and evaluating and kind of impulsively choosing something. It's just that it's already set. When I am tempted, I will do X, Y, Z. Now, you and I obviously know the real challenge here is going to be in the execution of the plan. But if we don't even have a plan, then we have basically set ourselves up for failure, right? Whoever it was that said it, failing to plan is planning to fail. And we don't want to do that. So the goal of today's episode is to help you put together a trigger plan, okay? And if you haven't constructed a trigger plan before, this is going to be revolutionary for you. Now, a couple of things. Number one, I don't believe that triggers are the bad guy. I believe that triggers arise for a reason and that the more we understand that reason, 
the closer we are to a solution for our sexual misbehavior. What the heck am I talking about? I've shared this example a lot on the podcast. One of my uh, temptations is, you know, I will see someone attractive at the gym or on the beach or, you know, wherever it might be. And then I, there's very specific positions that I will imagine someone in if I, if I start to fantasize about them. And these positions, what I've observed over the years is, you know, I've always, I, I, I remember there was one particular season where I was really doing a deep dive, deep dive rather into my temptations and into my uh, fantasies and whatever. And I was trying to figure out what do these represent? What do they actually mean? And I, I observed that actually the, the fantasies that I typically would contrive in these particular positions represented control. Those, for some reason, there was something about being in control that that was incredibly soothing in those moments. So what I learned is that when my my imagination would veer off there, rather than saying, "Oh, Sophia, you you terrible person, you dirty, rotten sinner," you know, why would you do that? Why would you think that? What's the matter with you? I would just simply observe and go, "Oh, I guess there must be an area of my life where I feel out of control." What is that area? You know, and I would a dialogue with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, can you help me identify, God, what is that area of my life that is in need of control or that is lacking control? Where do I feel out of control? Sometimes it was obvious I didn't even need to pray about it. And sometimes I did need to engage God with it. But the point here is that your temptations um, and, and the things that you do in response to the, those temptations can actually be very indicative. So, the goal here is we're not trying to thwart temptations altogether or or that kind of thing because I believe that as long as we are healing people, which we will be healing for the rest of our lives on planet Earth, as long as we are healing people, I really do believe that we are going to um, we're going to need or we're going to experience temptation and we're going to need tools and a skill set to navigate them appropriately. Depending on who you're working with, I think that part of those uh, part of that is actually diving into the temptations. What what were you tempted to do? Why was that tempting to you? What was it providing for you? What was it offering you? Kind of you know some of our key critical questions that can give us clues into a solution. But what I want to talk about today is how to handle a trigger so that it doesn't develop into anything really serious. In a perfect world, I'm never fantasizing because we know that that fantasy definitely crosses that border of lust, right? There's attraction, but then somewhere along the way, there's a line. And once you're past that line, it's no longer just attraction, which is a godly thing. It's actually lust, which is sinful. And we don't want to cross that line. So that's what happens in a perfect world. And for me to stay in the arena of attraction, well, I need to do a really good job of managing triggers. So your trigger plan is going to be unique. There, there is no such thing as a cookie cutter. Here's what a trigger plan looks like. However, what I'd like to suggest to you is that there are a couple things that could be really useful for you to consider in the formation of a trigger plan. And that's what I want to go through today. Now, I have six things uh, in particular. These six things are not exclusive, nor are they mutually exclusive. You could have a combination of them. You could have something completely different. It's just about what works for you. And I'm going to go through these and, uh, and hopefully we can go through some examples to kind of get your ideas flowing, okay? Your trigger plan could involve, number one, changing your environment. So this might be going to a different room, shutting down devices. Don't just lock the screen, shut it down, create that barrier to entry to go back to it. Turning the lights off or on, taking a walk, exiting the house. 
Now, you would be amazed at what changing your environment does in a, in a matter of mere moments. All of a sudden, you can be in a very, very different position, a very, very different situation. And um, and honestly, uh, it, it does not take long. It just takes a little bit of initial effort to actually get your butt out of the chair and go for a walk or change rooms or that kind of thing. But changing your environment, very, very powerful. Number two, my personal favorite, take five deep breaths, okay? When you inhale, your belly, chest, ribcage, and lower back should expand. So I'm talking about like a deep, deep breath, okay? And the key is that you slowly control the exhale, all right? If you do not control the exhale, then your breathing is actually gonna make you more triggered. So you have to, you take a deep breath in, but it is really on the exhale where you begin to actually re-engage the smarter decision-making parts of your brain. Number three, engage the senses. So this is a conscious effort to to pay attention to what you're feeling, okay? Like as in uh, like touch-wise, like what, what are you touching? What can you see? What can you hear? What can you smell? And what can you taste? There is something about engaging the senses that that just does wonders for our entire nervous system because that's that's really the goal is when you're triggered, you're basically trying to regulate your nervous system again. And there's good research now. There's, uh, I mean, a, a huge field now that, that's, that's evolved that basically just teaches people how to engage the senses. This same thing has been used to get people out of panic attacks and, you know, I, I mean, all kinds of things, even, even in pregnancy, women that are giving birth, you'll see these kinds of techniques come up so that you, it's not just about, you know, de- deflecting your attention. It's about actually engaging your body and really engaging the part of your body, the parasympathetic branch, that's going to actually calm things down. Number four, reach out to someone. You know, some of these um, uh, porn quitting apps actually have like an SOS function. So you can like push a button when you're triggered and it'll send out a text to people that are on a predetermined list, you know, that, that you know, will pray for you or will give you a call and check in on you or whatever it might be. And that could be a really powerful way to do that. A uh, really good part for your trigger plan. Uh, number five is to learn from the experience. This is not something you will necessarily do in the moment, uh, but five and six are things that you would do afterwards. So you want to ask yourself, what could I do differently to avoid that situation altogether if if there is a component? Um, and then, like I said, some of those deeper questions, right, is what did it offer me? Um, what was it? Uh, what was it? Um, what was it providing me? Why was it appealing in the first place? Um, and then the last thing you want to do is reward yourself or probably a better way is encourage yourself. Um, do something that is going to reinforce that experience of resisting the trigger, right? So when you when you avoid a trigger altogether and you reward yourself, this does really, really good things for your brain. Um, and again, we want to make sure that we reward ourselves in a way that's appropriate, like uh, we maybe we get some social reward or, you know, we don't want to reward ourselves with a chocolate bar or something that's just going to be really like unhealthy, um, but again, if you can find ways to positively reinforce the behavior, you're more likely to do it again in the future. And that's kind of the name of the game here. So if you're looking to create a trigger plan and you want some help, this one page, it's literally just one page, but this will give you a really good idea. There's a couple of questions that you can ask yourself that you could journal about or you could at least think through. And I think this would be an excellent, excellent way for you guys to get started. Like I said, if you can really master this, Um, and you can execute this in the first three seconds that you feel tempted, 
boy, I'm telling you, you will look very different in just a few weeks if you're watching porn with any kind of regularity. Because if you can handle those triggers, like like the way to think of this is if you were never triggered, you would never slip. So if you can find a way to manage the triggers in your life, then boy, I'm telling you, um, things are going to look different for you. Things will start to change. So anyways, uh, the link is in the show notes, guys. Click on that if you want uh, my my one-pager for handling triggers like a boss. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. I wish you an incredible day. I'll talk to you soon, man. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.